Hi everyone and welcome to the Link Podcast with me, Elle. If you would like to study the transcript to this podcast episode and all past podcast episodes as an English lesson, you can do so on Link. I will always pop the link to the lesson in the description. Link is an excellent way to study English. You translate words and phrases you don't know, adding them to your own personal database and learn from content you love. And remember to like, share, follow, subscribe, whatever showing love means on the platform that you are listening on. This week, I am joined by the man, the legend, Link co-founder and YouTube polyglot, Steve Kaufman. Steve, how are you? I'm fine now. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good now that we are in 25 degree heat as opposed to 41 degree heat that we just yes. previously had. Yeah, we've had, that was extraordinary. Yes. Extraordinary how hot it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How? Um, yeah, and, and uh, just as an aside, of course, some people may know that the town of Lytton in the interior set a record of 49, almost 50 degrees of heat centigrade, whatever that is in Fahrenheit, 120 mm -hmm. plus. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole town had to evacuate and the town basically was burnt to the ground because they had this enormous forest fire and then they showed pictures of there's so much heat over the interior of the province that it's creating these massive and multiple thun and, uh, lightning strikes mm -hmm. which of course creates more forest fires which creates more heat it's just a horrendous situation it is it's gonna so uh, scary for the season. you know i was mm -hmm. sca you know i uh, i had to i had a few chores today so I went to, I had to go to get some insurance, insurance office. One of the two ladies there spoke Farsi, oh, nice. so I was able to practice my Farsi. Excellent. Then I went to the liquor store to buy some wine, and the checkout lady there spoke Farsi, so I was able to speak Farsi with her. <laughs> then I went to the supermarket, and then the checkout lady there spoke Farsi, so I spoke Farsi Excellent. again. Excellent. Just in, it's amazing, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and I'm reminded of that because... Uh, there was a gentleman standing behind me in line and we started chatting and we were chatting about, you know, we don't need to wear the masks anymore and some people feel more comfortable wearing masks and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. And and uh, he was from Lillooet, which is very near uh, Lytton. And I said, how are things up there? You know, because they're right in the, uh, call it the eye of the storm. And he said, he said he has a small business, 20 employees. He was basically, they were all waiting to see if they would also be evacuated and they could see the fires but the fires didn't come their way and apparently there was a heavy rainstorm and that seems to have dampened things a little bit. Mm. Uh, but it was interesting. He's originally from uh, North Vancouver and we had a long chat. He'd moved up there and he runs a bakery. <laughs> and uh, so I said, you know, my wife likes making sourdough bread. And so we talked about bakery and stuff like that. So it was very nice. But here's a guy, he's from, he's right on the front lines of the whole, heat wave, mm. fire, forest fire situation. It's really scary. I live that, so I'm in North Van, I can see the mountains from my street and they're, scor mm -hmm. they're brown. A lot of the trees have been scorched. And so, yeah, really? uh, my- Oh, I hadn't yeah. seen that. So nearby us then. Yeah, Grouse, wow. Grouse Mountain up, up that way. Huh. Um, my husband's lived here his whole life in on this street and he said he's never seen mm -hmm. that before, so. I'm scary yeah. for the wildfire season. I mean, if we get a forest fire here in Vancouver, there is no shortage of vegetation. I mm -hmm. mean, there are so many trees yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, That's a scary thought, for sure. 
I mean, there always used to be forest fires. The, the difference is there's a lot more people living in the forest now. Right. But the forest always used to burn regularly. Mm -hmm. Scary. It is. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you about your challenge. Um, right. Uh, anyone who isn't aware, Steve started a 90-day challenge 30 days ago now, right? So you're a third of the way through. Mm -hmm. um, anyone who doesn't... Only 30 days? I was hoping <laughs> I was further along than that. Is it anyway. dragging or is it tough to meet your targets? Well, uh, <laughs> You know, not all of our decisions are good ones, so uh, we can yeah, get into it. It's intense, right? A 90-day challenge is intense, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, a 90-day challenge is 90 days of consistent study every day on link, uh, hitting your targets, so reading, listening, creating links, which are words and phrases that you don't know that you've translated and saved to your database. You've also, you're also in a streak with Steve, challenge which mm -hmm. is meeting your daily links target and which keeps you in a streak uh, for for 90 days that's an intense one also um so you're being sufficiently challenged right now <laughs> on link how is it going <laughs> well well i saw that streak with steve didn't fully understand what it entailed mm. But I thought that what I would try to do is, is force myself to study both Farsi and Arabic. So do two languages right. and set myself lower goals, like only thir create 13 links. In other words, look up and save 13 new words a day, initially in each language. And I think I kept that up for a while, but that's too difficult to do. Uh, I, I find myself wanting to spend at least one week on one language and then one week on the other language. Um, I find it's a bit confusing to do two languages like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm committed to doing it. Uh, otherwise, I think I would just go back to saying, work on one for three months, really get into it, then work on the other. Because I find that I don't slip that much. I can go back, do my mini stories again, and it'll come back to me. Right. So I find that it's a little bit confusing now to be you know, in one, in the other, back to the first one again. Not not an ideal situation, but this depends. Some people do that. Some people study three languages at the same time, and they're happy doing it. Mm. I think I'm, I'm I prefer to stay focused on one at a time. Right. That's kind of my conclusion. But I'm com committed to doing this, so I'm going to continue. Oh. Uh, had you ever previously studied two languages like this? You you hadn't done two languages in yeah. a challenge before. I know that, but no, I once I once went at three, and I was more ambitious, mm. and maybe I was just more. Uh, had more energy then or something, but I was trying to do 100 links a day in three languages, Arabic, Farsi, and Turkish. Oh, but right. when you're starting up in a language, you, it's so easy to create links because every lesson has a whole bunch of unknown words mm -hmm. in it. But now in those languages, I've, I've been at it so long that I have a lot of yellow sort of saved links, words that I have looked up, but I don't yet know. So, you know, if you just want to crank up the number of you know, new links, you just go into new material and if the page is full of blue unknown words, you'll very quickly reach your goal. But now, even if I bring in new material in Farsi or Arabic, there aren't that many blue words. But it doesn't mean that I know the yellow words. I don't know mm. them very often. I haven't seen them often enough to, to know them. Uh, I do have the sense that certainly I understand a lot better than I did before. And... Um, so in order to create those 13 links a day, 
I have to go out and get new material every day. Which, again, it's easier in Farsi because uh, Sahra, who's our collaborator in Iran, is constantly creating good content for me. Uh, Iranian filmmakers, Iranian food, Iranian history. So that part of it is easy. Yeah. The Arabic is a little more difficult. Uh, right. But I've even started branching off into Egyptian Arabic. And, and uh, you know, because, because the Arabic world is so different. So if I find a TED talk in Levantine Arabic, then I, I want to try to understand that and look up the words there. Uh, my tutor is from Cairo, and we've been going through some Egyptian Arabic texts. And so I'm just playing around. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to write a test in any of this stuff. So I'm just right. doing, I'm sort of exploring and enjoying and um, the challenge is not, you know, it's not what motivates me. What motivates me is my interest in what I'm listening to and reading. Right. But I know that for many people, these challenges uh, become a major motivator. Uh, people don't have that much time and they need that extra, basically, uh, nudge yeah. uh, to make sure they do something every day. And it's so important to do something every day. So I think it's a good idea. To, to have these challenges, but I'm kind of not living up to my commitments. Okay. Well, thank you for being so honest. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, are you speaking, you are speaking in the languages too as part of the challenge or just as part of your weekly study for Persian and... Yeah, I've, uh, so I'll have say maybe three sessions in Farsi with Sahra and then three sessions with Mohammed in Egyptian. Fortunately, I really enjoy my time with both of them because they're very nice. They just keep me going. I don't have to worry about what we're going to talk about. Uh, I think we have a good rapport. So it's just like sitting down with a friend nice. and uh, speaking. So uh, and then I get a report back with uh, my mistakes and the recording. And mm -hmm. So the whole thing works very well. But three uh, a week is enough because I have to fit this in with all of the other things that I commitments that I might have. You know? Right, right. And so the what? So then, Sahra and is it Mohammed? Your um, Mohammed, yeah. yeah. They Mohammed in Cairo and Sahra. She's in northern Iran. Okay. And so they prepare. Do they give you reading or talk to you about things they know that you've Nothing. read? How do those? No, 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 they no. Just... If I want to, then I can. Mm -hmm. But Mohammed, we just show up. They're not prepared. I'm not prepared. Right. Um, because we're venturing into Egyptian Arabic, so. With uh, Mohammed, we did some reading of the many stories in Egyptian Arabic. Uh, I found also in our library at Link uh, a series of uh, interviews with people in Egyptian Arabic. And because these are not scripted, they're sort of, it's, it's more natural. You know, you, you know, people using the equivalent of, you know, like, I mean, you know. So you got a lot of the sort of filler word stuff. So it's very conversational sort of Egyptian Arabic. And I'm reading through this with... Mohammed and typically we'll have maybe even half of the time will be spent reading and then half of the time speaking. Uh, I think my Farsi is better than my Arabic now. It used to be the other way around. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's because uh, Farsi is just so much easier. Oh, okay. Just so much easier. Okay. And it doesn't have this complication of different forms of Farsi. I mean, there may be different forms of Farsi, but you, basically there's two forms of Farsi. There's a more formal form, which is which is sort of the written form and then the form that people use to speak. Not very different, essentially the same words, some different endings, some slightly different vowels. It's not a big deal. So whereas with it, with Arabic, you know, Egyptian, uh, Gulf Arabic, uh, Lebanese Arabic, uh, Moroccan Arabic, they're all different. Okay. And what do you, what, so you mentioned that you were out 
today and you spoke to three people in Farsi. How how are you received when you start chatting to them in Farsi? Uh, you know what, the, the different sort of national groups react differently, mm. like if you were to generalize. Mm -hmm. The Farsi speakers are so pleased when they hear you speak mm -hmm. Farsi. And they're so encouraging and accommodating. And it's funny, you know. I was out swimming in the ocean the other night, and there was a couple swimming. And they they sort of had some kind of I don't know, small boat or inflatable boat, and they were both in the water and splashing around. And uh, they were a couple in their fifties or early sixties, and uh, I I heard them speaking Farsi, so I spoke to them in Farsi. Now you can imagine their surprise. <laughs> They're swimming here in West Van, and all of a sudden, some guy, some old geezer, speaks to them in uh, in Farsi, and uh, so they reply, "You speak? Are you are you speaking Farsi?" Uh, yeah, guess what? I'm speaking Farsi. So we had a bit of a chat, uh, but generally, I mean, the, the the one the one lady at the supermarket, I've spoken to her before. She's always very nice. She speaks to me in Farsi. Uh, sometimes the inclination is for them to come back in English. Uh, you know, to prove like, well, you know, I've been in Canada for 10 oh, okay. years. Uh, I speak English very well, you know. Mm. So they need to demonstrate that, you know. But this lady at the supermarket, she's always very nice. Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you? And we went back and forth in Farsi. You got to be careful because there's a lineup at the checkout. You know, I can't just sit, stand there and talk to her while people are waiting right. to pay for their groceries. But, um, yeah. If I see someone, see their name, hear in their accent, I know you're not supposed to do this, but if I figure that they're Farsi speakers, I say, do you speak Farsi? Hmm. And they normally react very positively. I don't know that you're not supposed to do that. I don't think that's... Well, there's this whole idea, like, especially like, so the, the people who seem to be the most sensitive sometimes are people who are Asian. So if a person looks Asian, in fact, you can't assume oh, that they speak an Asian language, right? Right, I see. Uh, in other words, if you have someone who has a Polish name, mm. like in Canada now, we have people from all over, right? So you can find Italian names, Polish names, German names, Dutch names, whatever. You can't assume that they speak that language. Like, my name is Kaufman. Mm. People can't call oh, Steve Kaufman. Yeah, du bist Deutsch, mm. yeah. They can't, you, that's not on. So, and the Asians are particularly, or some of them are a little sensitive, you know, like I'm Canadian, you know, just because I look Asian, you can't assume that I can't speak English. Okay. Like. So you have to be very careful. So you, you got to pick, you know, you got to sense if this person, you know, you can't sort of imply that they can't speak English. So I, I normally will say, uh, you know, you're not even like, according to the real diehards, you're not even supposed to have any curiosity about where this person is originally from, even though they look non-Caucasian, like that's a no-no, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, people have no difficulty asking me if I'm German mm -hmm. just by looking at my name. And it doesn't bother me in the slightest. I'm not German, mm -hmm. but they can ask me because they're curious. Oh, you got it. It's like, anyway, so, so you just have to be a little bit aware of that. So I typically say, do you speak an Asian mm -hmm. language? It's still a little bit dicey because just because I look Asian, why should I have to speak an Asian language? Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Like, a person has been here for three, four generations. No more likely to speak an Asian language than someone who has, someone who has a, you know, Polish yeah. name is expected to speak Polish. Or who has a Dutch name is expected to, to speak Dutch. Fair enough. So, I agree with them, but I nevertheless enjoy speaking these languages. And most of them react quite pleasantly. I haven't had any negative reactions. Oh, good. That's good. But it, it sometimes becomes an issue. You know, the sort of... Politically correct people say you shouldn't mm -hmm. do that. 
So, yeah. so uh, setting out uh, 30 days ago on these challenges, 90-day challenge in Arabic and in Persian, did you have any goals, anything you would you wanted to have achieved by the end in terms of not necessarily, you know, known words or hours of listening, but uh, content that you could would then be able to approach maybe movies or something? Well, yeah, I find that my goals have changed. Yeah. When I started out, I said I want to be able to understand, like a large part of my diet content has been these political podcasts, right. which typically I, uh, you know, I extract the MP3 file, convert that to text on an automatic transcription website, bring it into link, uh, and uh, study it. So I said, I want to get to where I can really understand these uh, podcasts better. But I found that my motivation to do that has uh, declined because they're kind of boring after a while. It's always the same. There are different groups in Yemen fighting each other <laughs> or in Libya or whatever. I just get tired of it all. So uh, with Arabic, I've decided, no, I'd rather get to where I can understand Egyptian movies. So then I said, well, then I better learn more Egyptian Arabic because I don't understand them very well. And there are Egyptian movies and series on Netflix. So I decided with Arabic, I want to start moving more into the spoken Arabic. Uh, with, the, um, with the Farsi, um, I had been basically following the diet that Sahra fed me. <laughs> so it was the history of Iran, it was food of Iran, it was uh, minority peoples in Iran, and all this stuff, which I found very interesting, so that was great. And all of a sudden she sends me these uh, descriptions of uh, famous Iranian um, film directors. Uh, more than a few of them have won, you know, international acclaim, even in the last 10 years or so. Uh, Oscars, uh, awards at the Cannes uh, Film Festival, Berlin Film Festival, and so forth. So she sends these through, and uh, the way she does, she talks about a certain film director, and then she has these circling questions about that same film director. And then she sends me a link to that movie or a movie by that director uh, on YouTube. Uh, so I'm able to watch it. So right. all of that uh, has been very interesting. I tried to extract the MP3 file and transcribe it, but you know, uh, uh, audio from a, from a movie is a bit disappointing as language learning content because there's so many, you know, yeah. car noise, doors slamming, birds chirping. Yes. Uh, it's not dense, you know, language. So mm -hmm. I, I don't do that. I just, whatever she sends me, I read it and I try to learn it, learn about the movie, the film uh, director, and then I watch the movie a while. And I've enjoyed that. So in a way, I've moved more in the direction of uh, enjoying movies uh, in both uh, Arabic, heavy to Egyptian Arabic, and uh, in Farsi. Excellent. And trying to talk two, three times a week with... Uh, both Mohammed and, uh, and Sahara. Excellent. And you watched a movie, is it Asma? You recently mentioned in one of your videos. The Asma, Asma, that was the Egyptian movie. It was a very interesting movie, actually. Yeah. Egyptian movie. Uh, it, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's about the stigma of AIDS in Egypt. Mm -hmm. uh, about, um, uh, and I would say, even the Iranian movies, this whole honor that the men seem to feel uh, you know, that basically and, and, and an important component of their honor is being able to tell women what to do. Mm. <laughs> so, you know. so these are themes that come up in those movies. Okay. 
I'll have to, I'm always looking for movie recommendations. So if you say that's good, I'll, I'll check that out. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying to hear the Arabic. I mean, it is to get a, a bit of a, of a, of an insight into, uh, Egyptian society. I, I recommend Asma. Asma. Definitely. Okay. And, uh, the same with the Iranian movies, um, uh, The Separation. Okay. It was quite an interesting, quite an interesting movie. The Separation. Very interesting. It, it won some awards oh, as an Iranian movie. Is that, I think I've seen that one. Is, the, is it about the mother who, she, her children are, don't know who she is. She's, she was, no. okay, no, I'm thinking of something else. No, no, no. But. It's about uh, a, um, a couple in Iran and they have a daughter and uh, they were preparing to leave Iran to emigrate and the wife was very keen on doing that. But then the husband decided he wouldn't go because his uh, father now has Alzheimer's and can't look after himself. Oh, okay. And so then she wants to divorce. And then it gets very complicated. So I can't, I won't get into the whole plot, but it's, it's quite good. And it's apparently quite a psychological study on, on Iranians. And the, the one thing that comes through when you watch Iranian movies, uh, there's another one called Ellie as okay. well, is that while there's this sub-sense of the sort of um, you know, male, call it male dominant, uh, you know, uh, per, you know, honorer and stuff. And yet, at least on the surface, the Iranians, they live very much like we do. You know, they're very modern, European, North American. We have this image that they all wander around, the women shrouded in black and uh, very backward and stuff. And no, it's it's not. I mean, there's, there's social differences in Iran, like everywhere, but maybe more marked over there. And uh, but uh, there's a middle class that lives, you know, like Europeans. Mm -hmm. So and that comes through in these movies. Excellent. The separation. Okay, I'll check that out too. I was thinking of a completely okay. different movie. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So Steve, you have you have a mere sixty days left in your ninety day challenge. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck. And <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, I think it's it's amazing to me speaking three times a week. So I'm so you alternate. Then I assume you spend one week on Arabic, one week on Persian. So you one week right, on each. Speak yeah. To yeah. Uh, but you have to be flexible. Yeah. Uh, Mohammed told me that he had going to be without his internet mm. for uh, a week or so. So then I went two weeks on on Farsi, and now he's back uh, up and running again. So I'm spending more time with him. I don't follow my. To be honest, I don't follow my streak that closely. Mm -hmm. It's just that I feel a commitment. Right. I feel that I have an obligation. To, to work on those languages, which is no big deal because I enjoy doing it. Uh, but I, I made this commitment to do both. At the end of my 90 days, I'm going to do just Farsi because okay. Farsi is the biggest opportunity here in Vancouver yeah. to use the language. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, uh, internationally, of course, there are far more uh, Arabic speakers mm -hmm. than Farsi speakers. Mm -hmm. That's good to... I enjoy them both. Yeah. I enjoy it them must, both. It's nice, though, I'm sure, to be able to speak to people, as you say, at the supermarket and wherever you are. Because, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Well, anyone who's interested in joining a challenge, I will pop the link in the description to the 90 day challenge, the streak uh, with Steve as well. Thank you so much for joining me, Steve. Uh, it's been great as always. I, I should say too, Elle, I've watched your uh, interviews with your various guests. Yeah. I think they're excellent. Oh, thank you. Absolutely excellent. Yeah. Very interesting. And of course, not only are they interesting, but I think they're an opportunity for people to work on their English yeah. because they're all lessons at link. And you normally have guests on there who speak very clearly. Mm -hmm. You speak clearly. So I think they're excellent, uh, interesting and excellent learning material. 
uh, of a sort of an intermediate uh, level. Yes. They're not overly difficult. Yes. So I think it, it meets a need, a real need. Excellent. So Well, thank you so much. And as you mentioned, I will always pop the link to the transcript or this video as a lesson in the description. And there's a full course of all past uh, interviews and episodes there for anyone who's learning English. So uh, thank you so much, Steve. And like I said, best of luck. I enjoyed best it. Best of luck with your challenges. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.